0: What's going on? This is Go Long with Dunn and Bonus, part of the Go Long Network. Thank you everybody for making this podcast part of your life. Uh, Tyler here flying solo. Jim is out in Vegas, uh, doing a lot of XFL stuff. So, um, it's just me on this episode talking to Eric Wood. Man, this is such a conversation that I really think you're all going to enjoy. Eric has a new book out. If you haven't heard the news, tackle what's next. Own your story. Stack wins and achieve your goals in business and life. Obviously, Eric Wood, the longtime Buffalo Bills center, played a decade in the NFL, pro bowler, and is now color commentator uh, for the radio broadcast there with John Murphy. Just does an incredible job breaking the team down. You probably hear him on WGR a lot. One of the smartest people in the game of football that you'll ever have the pleasure of talking to and just so open, reliving all the stories from the good old days. So this book is absolutely one you're going to want to add to your shelf right there with the blood and guts. How tight ends save football because I think it is such an important topic on I'm just kind of finding a purpose in life when you have to move into that next phase of life and whatever field, whatever profession you're in. So we get into the book, how it came to be, what inspired Eric. And of course, we talk about the Buffalo Bills of today, where they go from here, uh, facing the Cleveland Browns now in Detroit with the uh, thundersnow snow wreaking havoc here in Western New York. So Josh Allen's game in a rough place right now, obviously leaves the NFL in interceptions, a lot of really uh, head scratching picks, but I I think that Eric did a really good job of breaking down why it's fixable and, and why he does think Josh Allen will turn that corner. So get his perspective on all of that. And at go long, I have a story up right now on the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, why he could get every bit as hot right now, just as he did in 2021. A fascinating conversation with quarterbacks coach Dan Pitcher, who's from Cortland, New York, played at D3 Cortland, really fascinating upbringing himself, um, worked in personnel with the Indianapolis Colts. And now he really is that voice in Joe Burrow's ear day in and day out. You can kind of see how it all starts internally with how they're pushing Joe Burrow and, and why he is still the most dangerous quarterback in football if he gets hot. Uh, so I think you'll enjoy that conversation and, and that story. That's for subscribers. As always, uh, Fatty Beer Company, they fuel the podcast. They've got their advent calendar out, a beer a day through the month of November, month of December. Gosh, sorry about that. Make sure you head on into Fatty, Orchard Park, Hamburg, Ellicottville, Kenmore, Columbus, Ohio, Rochester, uh, Nick and Chris are all over the place. So uh, make sure you work a stop in. Once this storm passes, I don't think we really want to be doing much travel whatsoever. I am just looking out the window, and we've got about a foot and a half here in the greater Boston-Colden area. So, yes, it's very, very real, and doesn't really look like it's going to let up anytime soon. So what a time to just kick back, open up, go long, read a story, listen to a podcast, and before I forget... Every Sunday now, uh, within the Substack app, you can chat with your fellow subscribers. A really cool app that Substack just added. We're going to take full advantage. Um, just uh, like any old chat, but it feels like you're texting your buddies right in the app. Every Sunday, all Sunday, we're in there talking about the games with people from around the country who subscribe to GoLong. So uh, make sure you add the Substack app, turn your notifications on, and I'll be putting reminders out at GoLongT.com uh, to let you know... When that thread's starting up, had a lot of fun last week, uh, breaking down that Bills Vikings game all day, and then Packers Cowboys. Got fans all over the, all over the world, let alone the country. So feel free to take the conversation any direction that you really want. All right. That's it for all our house, uh, keeping items. Here is the fascinating, phenomenal Eric Wood. How's it going, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast here with uh an old friend of the show, Eric Wood. This is God, your third or fourth appearance. I want to say you're you're a recurring guest. It's great to see you.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't normally agree to do that many uh, on a specific podcast, but you guys do such a great job. I enjoy our time together. I'm I'm down to do this anytime.
0: Oh my God! Hey, we're we're happy to have you, and obviously have uh, some awesome stuff to get into. Something I'm a little familiar with. You're, you're in the middle of the, uh, the virtual book tour, which never really ends, right? You, you start it and it just kind of keeps going on and on. But everybody out there should get the book, tackle what's next, own your story, stack wins and achieve your goals in business and life. Um, it's been out since October 11th. I want to say, is that right, Eric?
1: Yes. It was the 11th or the 12th.
0: Awesome. So available everywhere, I'm guessing, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you, you want people to buy this book specifically?
1: Yep, absolutely. Nope, any of those weren't. Awesome.
0: Well, it's, I mean, I, I to be honest, I haven't read it yet. I can't wait to dive in, but I feel like I got a good teaser listening to your podcast because it's, you've created such a unique space in all the shit that's out there in the podcast world, the sports media world, your lane of just talking to guys about you know what what you do when you're when you're done playing really and, and beyond football just finding a purpose in life um it's it's just always fascinating you always find some awesome guests to talk to but yeah just take us through like the process how how did you get into like the book world and and kind of bringing everything you do on the podcast to write a book
1: well I'd say for probably the last 10 or 15 years I've been an avid reader so I'm a fan of books I like to read and I'm into that. But I would have never considered myself an author. I didn't go to school to be an author. I did, as a political science major, I wrote a lot of papers, but I would never consider myself an author. And I wouldn't have thought to myself that I should even be one to write a book. Like, if there was a Buffalo Bill that I played with that should write a book, it should be Terrell Owens or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Kyle Williams. Like, who am I to write a book? And you mentioned my podcast. What's next with Eric Wood? And I've had so many guests that have given me life lessons, nuggets, tidbits. And when I was thinking about compiling them all together, it just made sense to me to put it in a hardback, to put it into writing. And that, as opposed to doing some blog entries or whatever it may be, let's do a book and and let's put it in writing. And, you know, this is this book. Um, to me is something that tells a lot about my story, but it honors so many that have poured into me along the way. These personal development principles that are in the book and they're supplemented with stories about coaches and seasons and games. So it's for sports fans and not sports fans, but, um, those lessons apply to anybody. It's, it's, it's amazing that. Yes, I went through a traumatic neck injury that led me to ending my dream of continuing to play football, but how much that applies in in the next steps applies to a stay-at-home mom whose kids are leaving the house, a long-time CEO that is leaving his business, someone who's sitting there thinking, man, I just feel like there's more for me out there career-wise or whatever it may be. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's essentially talking about transitioning into your next chapter of life, even if that's from a traumatic event or not. Well, so many of us are in a transition because of COVID anyways, that it seemed like an appropriate time to write this book as well. I love it. I mean, I don't got to tell you,
0: you probably know so many former players that just are, feel hopeless when they lose the game. I mean, football is, I mean, you're, you are the perfect person to write this book because. Football is just different than any other profession in America. And I, I'm just blown away by it where and we've talked about it. You you, you go to work in training camp and you're beating the shit out of your coworkers and then you go into the cold tub and you're talking about each other's kids. Like that's it's not normal. <laughs> but no, I mean, when you're in Oh sorry, go yeah, ahead. And,
1: well, and I was gonna say, like, we're given all these incredible lessons for life. But it's often so hard to apply them because we've never had to make a schedule ourselves. We've never had to evaluate what our gifts are because our gifts we've used are our athletic talents that allow us to play in the National Football League. And so it it becomes a tough transition to the tune of 86% of guys – that exit the NFL within five years are either broke or divorced. Like, let's get that statistic down. Like, let's do something about it. And once that was published and there's awareness around it, that's step one. Okay, well, now let's give people – a blueprint for that and and my blueprint is not perfect either you know this is my story and and I feel like it applies to just so many others out there regardless of pro sports or not but you mentioned the NFL is a different animal you're in this high pressure environment but everything's done for you I mean from the second you walk into the facility in the morning you're told what to do what to eat how to train what plays to run now it's on You to put on in the effort or else you're going to be out of the job very quickly but your 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 whole year is structured and so you get out of the nfl and you're just kind of you can you can just kind of float through life if you're not careful and
0: it's something that you've done your literally your entire life you know think about age five six uh when you put on the pads for the first time to modify the jb to varsity to college to the pros it's like it's your identity and Every possible way. And I mean, we've had Richie incognito here on this podcast. He was unbelievably open about his issues with losing that structure, right? I mean, he, there's, there's your perfect example where he, he loses that structure of that schedule and, and things kind of went haywire. He gets it back with the Raiders. And I think this time maybe you can fill us in too. I mean, he, he seems to be in a great place. You know, he set things up and he's tackling what's next <laughs> and like uh, he's kind of yeah. putting your philosophy. Uh, to to practice now and what a case in point example of like here's here's how it can go wrong and here's how you can make it go right.
1: Yeah, Richie's in a great place right now and I I'm so glad that America's becoming so much more open to accepting the fact that people are born with mental health issues and We all make mistakes and yes, Richie's done things he's not proud of. So have I. So have you. I mean, it is what it is. His are his are all out in the spotlight. There's a video of himself that someone could show you at all times or a tweet or whatever it may be. And so Richie's are much more public. So they get brought up a lot more than maybe mine or yours at times. But that being said, Richie's in a great place, but Richie and I also work with the same executive coach. The same guy helped us in transitioning out and helped us even towards the tail end of our careers on leadership and accountability and all that. And so Richie's in a really great place. And it and it, it, it I love seeing it. I got to spend some time with him in Buffalo, I guess it was about three weekends ago now. And we, yeah. you know, he's I, I say he's in a great place because, you know, some guys that have issues that are public well then they're in a great place but they're just zero fun you know can't have a drink (laughs) can't stay up past 10 o'clock because oh no what could happen Richie's in a great place because he can still have a beer he can still be one of the guys he can still cut up and enjoy himself he's just mentally crystal clear right now
0: having a purpose right a reason to get up in the morning and be happy when you're getting up in the morning uh, is it that simple like whether it's Richie yourself, anybody that um, ble- leaves this crazy world that is the NFL, like is just fi- finding a, a reason to be happy and get up in the morning.
1: Yeah, and and I would say that our purpose, where we find fulfillment, is often in the service of others, and that's a a concept that's pretty strong in the book. Is using evaluating yourself: what are your gifts? What are your core values? What's your routine going to be on a daily basis? okay, now how are you going to bring value to others and serve others? And you'll say, well, how does that give me money to put food on my table and provide for my family? Well, when you provide value to people, you're going to be compensated often. And when you bring value to valuable people, you're often really highly compensated. And so that's a lot of the consensus of the book is figuring out where you're gifted to bring value and service to others, which will in turn bring you fulfillment and contentment in life and put you in a great space and likely create an income as well.
0: And I, I think we've, we lose sight of that so much in life. Just helping other people is gonna make you feel better about yourself, isn't it? Just in general. Yeah, and,
1: and like, okay, so Ty, you're gifted as a writer. You're gifted in communication. You're gifted in yeah. conducting yeah. interviews. You're gifted in those spaces. Well, you provide entertainment to people. You provide value to people's lives. And when I think of the radio broadcast that I do, I, I just think there's so many people listening out there that had a tough week. Like let's me and Murph and Sal, let's have some fun on this broadcast. And even if it's a preseason game, let's have some fun and bring some joy to people that their respite, like their break in the week. Is Buffalo Bills football. Well, let's provide a great product here today to uplift them. And by just focusing that mindset through a broadcast, we'll put you in a mindset to be able to do your best as opposed to, all right, here we go again. We got a preseason game. Doesn't mean anything. You know, it's going to be a long one. Hopefully it doesn't go to overtime. Thank God they canceled the overtime rules in the (laughs) preseason. This and that. Oh my gosh. We got another replay. Well, when you switch that mindset, it it can it can really help you in those instances.
0: I mean, holy shit, you had to stay positive through your playing career. I mean, it you you had some rough some rough seasons, man. I we I can remember being on the beat talking to you. This things kind of start to go south in December, and I, I mean, you you were challenged as a player year in and year out to stay positive when you had every reason to, to be negative on some of those Bills teams.
1: Right. I mean, I didn't play in a meaningful week 17 game until my final year in the league. I mean, oh every year this, the, our playoff hopes were crushed well before the end of the season, well before it was supposed to. And so, yes, it, and I'll say this, and it's easier for some than others, but I got one scholarship offer to college. The fact that I became a first-round draft pick and got to play nine years for the Buffalo Bills was a total blessing to me. And through morning gratitude practices and whatnot, I generally walked into the facility in an awesome mood, fired up to be there, fired up to be able to go play for the Buffalo Bills, and and honestly be on a mission to break this playoff drought. And thank God we did before my career ended or else – I would have been in a bad place because of it, because that was my goal for so long. Was okay, we got to break the playoff drought, and then we can go chase the Super Bowl. But we can talk every year about how our goal is to make the Super Bowl or to win the Super Bowl. But we got to break this playoff drought first. Like we we got to get at least get to the show. Doesn't it feel like light years ago? I mean,
0: it just this team has has been elites now for a few years, and it's like that that wasn't that long ago. We're just being on the in the hunt graphic. At Thanksgiving was an accomplishment for the Bills.
1: <laughs> oh, the in the hunt times. I know. And now, and I hate to be like overly realistic because drama sells and you need storylines. But the Bills are sitting at six and three right now as we record this. They've dropped two games in a row. And by most publications in Vegas, they're still the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. They turned the ball over at the highest clip per drive in the NFL, and they're 27th in the league in touchdown red zone scoring touchdowns. They've been without countless starters on defense for the entire season, and they're still sitting at 6-3 and with three losses by a combined eight points to all teams with a winning record. Like, this team is fine. There's a reason that Vegas is still betting on the Bills because – Turnovers are generally one of those things throughout a season that even themselves out. I mean, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They start the season 8-0, and they had three turnovers on offense and forced, I believe, 18. And so, you know, you have a plus 15 turnover margin through eight games. I'd be willing to bet a good amount of money that they're not going to end up at plus 15 at the end of the season. And so, that being said, if those averages come back – to normal as far as scoring touchdowns in the red zone and taking care of the football. This is a team that is gonna they're gonna dominate. They're they're really, really good and they're deep. And a lot of these injured guys are going to come back and this is a roster that can win a Super Bowl.
0: Any concerns with where Josh Allen is at? Uh just late in games, some bizarre throws. Uh Jim uh you know monus uh had a great breakdown on the podcast earlier this week where he, he's he could kind of see what maybe Josh was seeing on some of these interceptions where, you know, it, it looks crazy and bizarre and outlandish to us, like something straight out of a, a JV game that we would do. But to him, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. And he thinks he'll be able to clean it up. Um, when you really look at some of these turnovers, what did you see?
1: I, I think the same. And we could go turnover by turnover, but – You know, there's times where Josh has got to make better decisions. There are times where his competitiveness and his willing to take chances gets the best of them. But Buffalo also went about a 100 straight starts by a quarterback without even throwing for 300 yards in a game. And now if Josh doesn't throw for over 300 a game, we're surprised. I want a quarterback that allows his guys to go try and make plays down the field. And sometimes you turn the ball over. Now the one where he's trying to spike the ball and Jair Alexander picks it, absolute no no the the interception at the end uh of the game against the vikings like he should not have thrown that ball he should have checked it down keep the drive going it's only second and 10 that's not a desperation play the turnover before that in the end zone to patrick peterson it's not a great decision but it's not the end of the world. You're sitting at fourth and two and you're about to run out of bounds. Like you're going to throw the ball away. And I I appreciate that Josh is willing to take chances in those types of situations, because I talk about this with Ryan Fitzpatrick all the time. A lot of quarterbacks won't do that because, oh my gosh, the stats will look bad. Josh doesn't care about stats. Josh cares about winning football games. And so you never want to pull the reins on him too much. Just over time, he's going to continue to develop, continue to develop and make those great decisions. I generally despise Josh Allen takes from the national media because everybody wants to go back and be right on their pre-draft evaluation of Josh Allen. But I think Steve Young said something great the other day um, before Monday Night Football. He said that one thing that was hard for Steve as a quarterback, because he was pretty mobile as well, is when he was running the football a lot and all your adrenaline's going, you run over a linebacker. Then on that next play, especially when the game's on the line, to say the check down might be the best option here. Yeah. You're so hyped in those moments, especially as a mobile quarterback, and you're running around, you're out of breath, to calm yourself down. And to me, that was like one time that a national media member and and I say national media, I'm grouping a lot of people in that have had some bad takes on Josh. But that one I thought made a lot of sense to me.
0: That does. Yeah. I mean, because you're you're running back at that point you, you, you're and, and when you're Josh Allen you're seeking contact in a lot of ways you're gonna lower the shoulder you're, you're gonna pop up and pump a fist and get everybody jacked up it's it's tough to just kind of dial that down and think okay all right let, actually let's let's hold the ball and then there's Devin Singletary in the flat and let's just dump it down it's it's right. kind of it, 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 I don't know it, that's where it gets tough if you're Sean McDermott Ken Dorsey do you You don't want to neuter that, right? You don't want to water down Josh Allen. You want him in full. So how do you find that balance, you think?
1: Yeah, and someone asked me earlier in the week, they said, who should be that guy for him? Is that, like, that calms him down? Is that someone you hire? Is that a... A um, Matt Barkley that's on the sideline, or is it a coach? I said no, that's Josh. Like Josh is responsible for Josh, and yes, you could have a head coach say something, you could have guys say something, but Josh is responsible for Josh, and I'm fully confident in that. He's managed his game throughout his career. In such an incredible way, eliminating mistakes year after year, and those not showing up a ton. And yeah, a turnover in the in the red zone in Kansas City when they fake a jet sweep and then he ends up pitching it to Isaiah McKenzie when he gets stuck and Isaiah's not ready for it. Like that stuff happens yeah. when you're a playmaker. It is what it is.
0: Right. I, I mean, I grew up watching Brett Favre, and it was part of the fun. And a lot of you didn't know what the hell was going to happen in the fourth quarter. Right. And I don't, I'd I'd almost rather have that quarterback that, I mean, if you're down, you know, you're not out because he's going to gunsling you back. Where, yeah, things might, things might get crazy for all the wrong reasons as well. Uh, But you got to try. You got to try it. I think that's a big difference between like a Favre and a Rodgers, too, where Rodgers is obviously a Hall of Fame quarterback. And if he gets a lead, he's going to protect that lead. But if you're, I mean, not to say he hasn't had comeback wins, but, Favre is more apt to just take a chance into double coverage when you need to take a chance, just, just like Josh Allen is, if if he needs to, that's a good quality. Right. A lot of times.
1: Yeah. And to tie a bow on it, as Brett Favre got older, he won super bowls and because he learned to manage all of that. And hopefully this year is the year that Josh Allen, you know, continues to develop throughout the season, make the proper decisions, but, you know, where the, he doesn't see the safety behind the defensive end on the first drive against the Jets. Like that's likely not happening again, but it happened in that loss. He, uh, he never threw anyone under the bus. I'm assuming it's a miscommunication at receiver in him when he threw the ball right to Sauce Gardner. Like that's likely not happening again. A lot of these that you're seeing from Josh, these interceptions as of late, these turnovers. You just assume they likely won't happen again. You assume a fumble on the goal line on a QB sneak doesn't happen again. And that's where me and, and Vegas as well backing me still thinks the Bills are the best team in the NFL.
0: But then if they lose to the Browns or the Lions, we can freak out, right? Then, then it's time to panic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yes, unless the weather plays a, a huge yeah, factor gonna, this weekend. It's gonna be insane. And yeah, if the if the weather plays a huge factor, then it's kind of like the Patriots game last year. You chalk it up as the weather screwed it all up, and then you go beat the crap out of New England at New England in the regular season, and you blow the brakes off of them in the postseason.
0: Well, then you got to hope that you don't get a snowstorm in the playoffs. So, too, or wind in the playoff. I don't know the elements. You got to own them here in Buffalo to an extent.
1: I'll say this: if the if the if the season was on the line. In the play, it's a playoff game, and there's snow. I may want Josh Allen over most players in the NFL with his ability to run the football and how physically he is and how athletic he is. I mean, I know he's not like Shady McCoy athletic, but as great of an athlete as he is, there's not many guys you would rather have the ball in his hands.
0: You're right, and at that point, you're not going to hold anything back. You know, if, if he's, right. he's got to run 30 times in a January playoff game, you're doing it. Who cares? Right. Exactly. Uh, just to bring a full circle, because we talked way back when, and I think it was right when, maybe it was right after you retired, you ran into Josh at a golf event, and you're thinking, "Damn it! Like I wish, I wish I had a little more football left." Because this guy's going to be special. But what? So, what was your transition really, really like out of, out of the game? Did Did you have any rough moments, depressing moments, where like you 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 weren't sure what your purpose was going to be after? You lost the game because it wasn't even like it was your decision. It was it was taken from you.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were some definite lows throughout the process when the Bills got back to playing football in the spring and I wasn't there for the first time and I missed going back there. It's like the first day of school when you go back and you get to see all the guys. Like, I missed that. I missed going to training camp. I was one of those sick individuals that loved training camp, but I, I try and <laughs> be sensitive when I say that because I never went into training camp where I was worth – I was always worth more if they cut me than if they even kept me on the team. Like, wow. like that's how my contract was always structured. And so I knew I was going to be on the roster. And so to me, I could go to the training camp and work on things to try and get better as opposed to stress every day, if I was even going to be on the team. And so, but I love training camp, you know, when the bill started that regular season in 2018, I missed being out there and I, and I still miss it at times. It's, it's great, but, this this next chapter has been full of blessings. And so there's been low moments, but I also had incredible support around me that not everybody has. You know, I'm married with kids and I have incredible family out of foundation of my faith. Like I had so many people pouring into me through that time that I, my low moments weren't quite as low as I'm sure some others that are isolated and maybe have isolated themselves throughout their career where they hit a further rock bottom but real quick on that story about josh you know i meet him at the masters in 2018 so it's prior to the draft and i and and there was a lot of quarterbacks there you know all the ca guys and everybody i won't name names who else was there but people out there can they can research those guys if they want to but i texted brandon bean when i left and i said hey i was with a bunch of the quarterbacks and this and that i said here's the deal I've watched zero Wyoming film, and I, you know, I've only watched these quarterbacks from when I've seen them on TV. But I said the alpha male is Josh Allen. He's the alpha of the group. He commands the room. He's a guy's guy. Take it for what it's worth. I was in a room full of NFL players, and Josh Allen's the dude. It is what it is. Like the other guys, aren't yet (laughs) and and that that impacted their decision to draft him zero but maybe just you know gave them some peace of mind that that I gave them that assessment and I was extended before my last year to be a veteran center for a young quarterback that they were going to draft like that was the assumption we had Tyrod Taylor but I was going to be that guy for me to have kind of left my piece of myself in the league with a guy like josh allen would have been awesome but but who who knows what happens maybe i get hurt severely and i can't even play golf anymore pickleball or play with my kids like you know you can't you can only play that you can play that game so much but it's been fun to get to know josh over these years now and i mean he's a special dude and i mean he's still beloved in the wood household my little boy for his school pictures last year, took his school pictures in a Josh Allinger's. You don't see that a ton in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> so what did you pick up on that? Like what, what,
0: what popped that made you think this is the alpha of the group. It's Josh
1: Allen. I mean, You know when when people ask you to describe that it factor and you could never describe it, you're like, he's charismatic, he's confident, he can hold a conversation. The other guys kind of trail along to him, especially the young guys, like that's Josh, and you see it now. I mean, he's fun, he's charismatic, he has no ego, he treats people right. Kind of the same things you see now with him having a different handshake for every guy on offense, the way he treats people in the media, the way he Goes and gives back at the hospital during his time off. He's funny in commercials. He doesn't take himself too serious. Like that's the dude he was in 2018 and still is to this day. And in those characteristics, you could pick up on like guys gravitate towards people with that type of personality.
0: What did, uh, Bean text back or what was it? A text you said or you called him? Yeah,
1: it was a, it was a text. I can't remember exactly what he said back, but like something along the lines like we've, we've noticed that too or something.
0: So all the Bills fans listening, give Eric Wood all of the credit in the world for identifying the greatness inside of Josh Allen, and you know, compelling Brandon Bean of the Bills to take him over Josh. Yeah. Wilson. So well, I'll go. say
1: I'll I'll say this. You know, when when Josh Allen won over the Bills, they were meeting him. I want to say in Denver, or maybe they were meeting him in Wyoming, and he was flying back into Denver, then into Wyoming. His flight gets jacked up. So the Bills are there. They're flying in on Air Pagula. And Josh is trying to get to this workout and meeting with the the Bills organization. And everybody's going to be there, ownership and all. And Josh drove through the night to get there, still worked out and did well, hung out with them for dinner, met them for breakfast again the following day. And they were like, this dude's pretty special. Like, One, he put on a phenomenal workout on no sleep. He cared so much. Like, he's a lock first rounder. And, you know, the Bills, we just made the playoffs. But that's not like, you know, when you're growing up as a kid in my era is your era as a kid, like, we had the longest playoff drought in all the professional sports. Like, we're not a huge market. The fact that he went through all that to show his commitment to the Bills to make that workout, I think that was one of the, like, all right, This guy's a little different than the rest of the group.
0: It tells you so much. Something small just tells you so much about a quarterback's character. I mean, Monas has gone through other quarterback meetings they've had. I mean, the year before with Mahomes and Kaiser and Trubisky, Watson, all of that. I mean, you don't know when that light bulb is going to go off, but that had to have been a moment like, okay, there is something special to this guy. And we can't forget that they they went out on a limb. It's so funny looking back at the – the tweet that the team put out when they selected Josh Allen and seeing the replies. I mean, it was not what people wanted at the time at all.
1: (laughs) See, But if, if you could have pulled back the covers, like if they could have pulled back, like nowadays, when they show the combine interviews and all that, like if you got to know Josh through the process, like the bills did, it probably wasn't as much of a stretch as, as as everyone thought. Yeah. To them. Yeah. There's some risk. Like, can he, jump up in competition but they knew they were getting a six foot five 240 pound dude with a cannon that can run that is hyper competitive you take a dude like that like no they're not going to convert him tight end but like that dude could play multiple positions in the nfl and so to see that skill set and that competitive the competitiveness is is it to me like I want to play with guys that are ultra competitive and I don't care what it is. Josh got smoked in the match last year and he's like on a mission to not let that happen again. You know what I mean? He's just ultra competitive and, and, and those guys are lower risk. But I remember watching Brandon Bean, I guess it was probably 2019, either 2018 or 2019. I was watching Bean walk out with his two sons after the game. They were a lot younger then and, uh, they were both wearing Josh Allen jerseys and I said, Bean, the, the the I said I said the Bean family is all in on Josh Allen. He said, Yeah, <laughs> I know we are. I mean, yeah,
0: you're staking your career. I mean everybody's career with that with that pick and I mean what a what a moment in his career right now to, to have to work through some shit, just overcome this mental block, whatever, whatever's going on. And I, I suppose you'd rather go through it now than January. And it's similar to last year, seven and six last year. Right. And then they figured it out late. So there's a lot of time still.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and every season is going to have their ups and downs. You hope you win. You know, you love learning from ugly, ugly wins. But, you know, the bills dropped these last two and they were expected to win and probably should have won. And so, yeah, I mean, they're sitting there at this point, but I mean, I'm far from panicking on this roster. I mean, the roster they have is solid and, you know, a lot's been made about Josh's decision-making and this and that. It, as you said, with Monos explaining those, I think they're a little bit more nuanced of turnovers than the, oh my gosh, he's got seven turnovers in his last eight quarters of football, 10 quarters of football.
0: Tackle, what's next? Everybody should buy it. Kindle, hardcover, audible to am guessing, you know, however you consume books, but... Um. Just la- lastly, on the book, Eric, what, what's a conversation that you had with somebody that I'm sure there were several that that were jarring that that made you raise your eyebrows, but that, one that you're most proud of that's in the book that people enjoy reading.
1: That's a great question, man. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think. So, um, you know, I talked a lot in that book about perspective and some of the challenges I've had in life and how things happen for you and not to you in life. And even though it, it could be a, a leg break, it could be um divorce and child, things in life happen for you and not to you. And I've been sent so many screenshots from people like, man, I, I never knew this about you. Or wow, what, what an incredible perspective now. I, I have this going on and I can't wait to see the good that comes from this. And there's been so many cool moments. And we talked just before recording that, you know, it may sell a million copies. It might sell, you know, who knows, ten thousand copies. Either way, the feedback that I've already got has been so fulfilling for me that it, it's all good. I love it. I love it, man. I, I cannot
0: wait to read it, and I'm sure everybody here in Western New York will will do the same. And so you're, and you're more than welcome. We've got some blood and guts uh, book tour dates at Fatty and Mister's and East Aurora. If you want to bring tackle, what's next out? Uh come on out and have a beer.
1: Good deal. Good deal. Let's do it. Awesome.
0: Thank thanks so much, Eric. See you yeah, soon. Yeah, my pleasure.